You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do, not, who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, passes judgment on them and yet do the same thing, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the, God of, for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be re- revealed. God will, repay, God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by, persist, who by persistence is doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life. But to those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will, they will, there will be a wrath of anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first the Jew, then the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who does good, first, to the Jew, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are the law for, they are the law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show, that the right, they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. Mm. Thank you, Robin. This is heavy stuff here. Would you go back and read 12 and 13 for us? All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but those who obey the law who will will be declared righteous. Thank you. Let us pray. Father God, these things will take place. And as it tells us there in verse 16, on that day when God judges the people's secrets, our secrets are going to be judged. Are we ready for this, Lord? Are we truly ready for this as a church and as individuals and as families to have our secrets judged through Christ? 
We are here today, Lord Jesus. We are here with many needs and with secrets and things that we need to surrender. We have to let go. We have to allow the power of the blood to wash and cleanse so that we can be a church and a place, a fertile soil for this community to come. And Lord Jesus, I pray for your people. I pray for them, Lord. And I pray for this church. And I pray for the ministry opportunities that you are revealing and that you will reveal. So help us today, Lord, to receive your word and to receive this message. Help us to surrender all that we need to surrender and allow the blood to wash us and cleanse us. This I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again for taking a moment for prayer. The Apostle Paul is quite the man. And as he hammers out the theological convictions, and this one conviction, this one theological conviction that you and I are sinners. Paul makes this very clear for us. It doesn't matter how good your life is or what you wear or what you have or what you do not have. We are just born this way. That's what we're born with. We are born as sinners. Every single, single one of us. Jesus was the only one born that was not born as a sinner as he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the woman. But here we are today, just as every generation that has come after Jesus and before us, we must understand this and we must ask for the forgiveness that we need, we desperately need, for whatever you've done in the past, whatever is happening now, we can be forgiven of all of it. And God wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to surrender these things. He wants the blood of Christ to wash us and cleanse us. And then He wants us to move forward. Not to go back and get in that rut or put on those muddy boots or to fill our hearts up again with what was just washed away. This passage here in Romans chapter 2, we read the word heart and the word hearts mentioned a few times throughout there. Because why? That's where all things begin for the human being is a heart, the human heart, the spiritual heart. The heart of man and the heart of woman is so powerful, so powerful, it can be influenced it can influence the mind. It can influence the body. It can drive us to doing great things. It can drive us to doing all the wrong things. And it's driving us every day. Every single day, the heart is driving us one way or the other. And with the Lord, the ways of the Lord, or the ways of the world, 
and the actions of the world and the habits of the world in the worldly ways. As we look at this passage from the Apostle Paul, everything's in there. Many things are in there. And I have it broken down as the jury, the heathen, and the hypocrite. We're all in there. Sad to say, we are all in this passage. There in verse 6, it talks about the deeds of man. And I quote, God will repay. God will repay each person according to what they have done. And then in verse 12, there is the law of God. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Can it get any more straightforward? Can it get any more black and white? We know. We have heard. And now there is an expectation. But yet, we have ourselves to deal with. We have to deal with our own hearts. We have ourselves to deal with because we are heathen. But there's a plea that is rendered often. It goes something like this. I should be acquitted. Acquitted on the grounds of ignorance. But yet, we are told that we are born with this nature of sin. We are born a sinner. Sin makes us ignorant. But we know this now, that we are born with sin. So that plea isn't going to go very far, is it? The plea may be refuted in this way. All men, all men, all people, have both the witness of conscience and that of the nature a conscience and nature. Let me jump ahead in that chapter and read verse 19 and 20 to you. Chapter 2, Romans. It says, If you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. It says, if, if you are convinced of these things, meaning that you have heard, you have this knowledge that because now you know, you have to make a choice. Because we have also heard that it is better to have never heard the word of God. It is better to have never heard the word of God than to hear and then choose to turn your back on God, to reject the word of God, to reject God. But be God being who he is, and just as he is, he believes in justice, does not show favoritism, as the passage said. 
we can be assured that God does not reap wrath where he has not sown knowledge. God does not reap wrath where he has not sown the knowledge of the gospel. But we have that knowledge. We are here today. We all have Bibles. We've been in church before. We have family members of church. Grandparents and loved ones that went on before us have told us many things about church and the Bible and the stories. But yet, we all struggle with being a hypocrite, don't we? In some way, shape, or form. And the plea might go like this. I should be acquitted on the grounds of comparison. Yes, right, comparison. That is, I'm not as bad as my neighbor over there. Look at my neighbor over there. Look at all the things they're doing. Get your eyes off me, but look over here. Don't look at me, but look at my neighbors. Look at my friends. Yeah, I know who they are. We do some things together, but don't throw me in that group. In scripture days, and this time of Paul, you know, it says, you know, my neighbor, he's pagan. They're pagan. Again, verse 3, it says, you pass judgment on them, yet you do the same thing. You're passing judgment, saying, look at my neighbor, but you're over here doing the same thing your neighbor's doing. The plea may be refuted in this way. You do the same basic things, right? You do the same basic things, but in a more refined, clean way. It's still wrong. It can still be mean. It's still evil. It can be still be hateful, but you make it look good. You make it look good. You make it look neat and tidy so you can still deflect. Oh, look at my neighbor. He's a mess. Look at those kids of the neighbor kids. They're a mess. Look at the things they're into. Don't look at my kids. They're over here. But look at the neighbor's kids. Oh, look at that business down the road, what they're doing. I read about that in last Sunday's paper. You know, the new sex shop they're trying to open up there. I think it was in Jackson Township. You know, the trustees did all they could. Who wants to live by that? Did you read the requirements? Just a matter of feet from a, from a residence, a few more feet from a school, just a few more feet from the curb and street and a church just a few feet away and and you can put up any type of business you want. Again, we live in a world with a lot of cheating hearts. Cheating, cheating, cheating hearts. Some people make the news. Others do not. 
The world likes to lift people up, but they also like to hear about when they get caught. Nothing like nothing the world loves more than bringing down somebody that's been on top. We've heard of these individuals over the years. Tiger Woods, Hugh Grant, Charlie Sheen, John Goslin, athletes of all levels of sports, of all types of sports. They got a, they, the pitcher walks in from pitching and they got to check his hands now. Make sure there's not something on his hands from throwing the ball. He's not hiding something. Bats got to be checked. Make sure the end's not got something in it or something taken out. Balls got to be checked. Make sure for proper inflation. At every level of life, we're having these issues. And it's all about our heart, right? It still gets back to the heart, greed, wants to be on top, to be the best. Years ago, even Johnny Cash was in an interview. He was being interviewed by the Rolling Stone magazine, and he was asked about his, his one album. album. You might have this album, album yourself, Born and Raised in Black and White. And he was asked about this album. And Johnny Cash said, and I quote, I have learned a lot about people. I learned people may be bad, but they are not all bad. And other people, they are very good, but they are not all good. End quote. Did you catch that? You know Johnny Cash, right? That's what he said. I have learned people may be bad, but they are not all bad. And other people are very good, but they are not all good. And I think we say amen to that. Because you know it and I know it. God knows it. Your life may not make the news, but maybe it will when you least expect it. When you least expect it. But believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your life makes the news or for whatever you do or whatever you don't do because you're still, you're still cheating on God. You're still cheating on God even with the good, the bad, or even with the truth. When you're cheating, you're cheating. And God knows it. Self-righteous people make one of two mistakes. One, they misunderstand the height of God's law. Or number two, they underestimate the depth of their own moral conduct. That's probably number one, and then number two. Then number one be number two. They underestimate the depth of their own moral conduct. Right? Because we, we keep it neat and tidy. We keep it neat and tidy. Where, where are you in error? Where's your error? Remember the computers, when an error would come up, they'd, they'd jam up. They'd stop. And there'd be nothing you could do except unplug it, turn it off, come back later, right? 
some of us got to get unplugged from the world because we'll live in, in error according to God's word. We're underestimating the depth of our own moral conduct. But we may be saying, how dare Paul? How dare the Apostle Paul make these charges against us here in 2023? How would he know this? Well, Paul knows, and he was given spiritual insight, that something deep within inside all of us is not right. In and of itself, it's not right. Because we can deny it, we can be stubborn, we can be mean, we can be selfish. But to get to the first step of spiritual maturity, we have to realize we are not what we could be. We are fallible people. We need spiritual work within all of our hearts in every aspect of our life. And that takes spiritual maturity to realize this. Paul is doing his best to burst the bubble of self-righteousness. He wants to burst that bubble. He knows full well that even hiding in the dark parts of your thoughts, your heart, your habits, in the dark of night, that you're really putting self first. You're putting yourself first. And that's not what God says to do. That's not what God wants. Paul has seen that the root of all sin is idolatry. As he wrote there in verse 15, the law written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing. Putting ourselves first. Do you realize the capacity to know right from wrong is God's gift? That's God's gift. When it's revealed to your heart and to your mind that this, whatever it is, is wrong, God is God's trying to tell you something. He's saying, meaning, I don't want you to do that anymore. Ask for forgiveness. Don't do it anymore. Let me, let me take that. Let me wash you. Let me be number one. Let me fill those desires. Let, let me take over. Let me be the habit. The capacity to know right and wrong, or right from wrong, is God's gift. If this was and is not so, we could and we will never grow spiritually. If we never get to that capacity of knowing the right from wrong according to God, we cannot expect to grow spiritually. And if we cannot expect to grow spiritually, and we have no hope, and we cannot grow in the love of God, love with God, love our neighbors, or even love ourselves, 
We're in a sad, sad life, aren't we? But as Paul says in verse 16, this will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ. Are you ready to be judged? Are you ready to surrender that cheating heart? I pray that we are and that we will that it will become Jesus' heart and that we will be Jesus' people. Let us pray. Father God, as the church has heard your word today, a tough word, a hard word, a convicting word, a word that cuts to our hearts. I lift up your people, Lord, and I pray that they would surrender all these things, whatever it is, whatever the laundry list is, that they would surrender and allow the power of the blood to cleanse their heart. And Lord, I pray that in that process, that you would speak to them in a way that would lead them to the next step. Because just to say it is one thing. To do it tonight and tomorrow and the next day is another. So Lord, whatever these things that they are surrendering, I pray for the Holy Spirit to equip them with the strength and energy and desire to be in your word, to be in prayer, to turn to their neighbor or their spouse or someone that they trust and talk with them about this thing that they have surrendered so that they would no longer have a heart condition that is against the Lord. But their heart is one with you, Lord. So Lord, help us understand there's no more reasons to make excuses, that now is the time to confess, and that we are dependent upon your mercy and grace and love. We believe in the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus and that he is your son and our savior. So we ask for that cleansing. We also ask that we would resist all temptation. So fill us, Lord, that we would be holy and divine in your sight and as we go forth from this worship service. In your name I pray. Amen. As we have our